Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. We are happy to have you here. I am going to move this whole thing over so I'm looking a little bit more towards my camera. Um, welcome. Uh, we have a very generous uh, scout fan. Um, I won't use John Anderson's name because he doesn't really want me to, but uh, oh, there it is. I did. Uh, owner of the Coburg Road Truck Stop and also Togo's uh, Sandwich Shop out on West 11th. Uh, John's been a client with us for a long time, and he said, Rick, I want to start doing something about something that really means something to me, and that's the Boy Scouts of America. And so uh, there's been a lot in the news about the Boy Scouts of America and the bankruptcy and things going on right now. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of explanation because when you do a 15 second soundbite, you can't really talk about what's going on and what the history is. So as I sat down with the local chapter, um, started getting some really good information. I'm going, you guys, we need to tell this story because people need to understand what it is you're doing because it makes all the difference in the world. And I just want to say, hi, Diana, how are you? So let's bring on our cast of scout folks. We have a party. <laughs> okay, so you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have each one of you kind of start with you, Chris, introduce yourself, just go around, and if you get out of order, it doesn't really matter, but you can kind of tell people who you are. I'm Chris Valentine. I'm the uh, board chair for the uh, Oregon Trail Council. Go ahead, Denny. I'm Donita Basinger. I'm a scout parent. Uh, I have an Eagle Scout, uh, a Scouts BSA Scout and a, a new uh, 11 year old Scout. So that's a ton of Scouts in one family. I got, yeah. <laughs> they kind of go like that though, don't they? You should see how many uniforms we have. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Scott, tell them who you are. I'm Scott Epicoven. I'm the Scout Executive for Oregon Trail Council, which I'll just real quickly say is um, Lincoln, um, Benton. Lane, Douglas, Coos, and Curry counties. That's the counties we cover. All right, Tony and Alex. Uh, my name is Tony Westover, and this is my wife, Alexandra. Um, we are a scout family as well. So we have uh, our son is in Scouts BSA as a brand new scout. And uh, we also have another son that's in Cub Scouts currently. Okay, so tonight we were to, we're going to talk um, a little bit about what's been going on because there's been a lot in the news about um, the scouts uh, basically in bankruptcy, um, but not a lot in the news about why you're in bankruptcy because you've chosen to go into bankruptcy for a very valid and important reason. Um, so Scott, um, why don't we start with you and kind of uh, explain the details? And if my train goes by. Um, just pause and see. <laughs> I can make that happen. You know, yes. that was magic. <laughs> I like. I, I like to tell my viewers that I'm a really important guy. I have my own train, <laughs> and it goes by every night right after five. But you know, it's kind of a charm that's built into the whole program. So, Scott, talk to me a little bit about the bankruptcy. A bankruptcy is is um, something that's happening at the national level. Um, and the Boy Scouts of America believes that as an organization, we have a social and moral responsibility uh, to, to equity, e equitably compensate all of our victims who were harmed during their time in scouting. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that that happens. We also want to make sure that, that we're able to continue the scouting program. So in order to do that, we're declaring bankruptcy um, and we're hoping to, to put a settlement together 
together that will compensate all, all of the uh, victims that have been abused through scouting over time, um, and then enable us to continue on as an organization moving forward. Now, I think the thing that doesn't get talked about, though, is these are not cases that happened over the last 10 or 20 years. These 90 percent of these cases happened over 40 years ago. And so what you're really doing is going back before you had stricter and more stronger um, precautions. You're going back to make sure you make reparations for all these people that may this may have happened or these people that it may have happened to. So it's a it's a really um valent thing. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing for people, um, but it's, it's costing you a lot. Yeah. And, and as you said, Rick, it's, you know, most of these cases, 90% over 40 years ago, and really in the 1980s is when the Boy Scouts of America started to put their, their strongest um, youth protection guidelines into place um, and, and just have continued to move forward uh, since the 80s to make sure that we've got background checks, um, that uh, that um, everybody goes through youth protection training. Not only our adult leaders, but our youth uh, as well go through youth protection training. That's part of their advancement process is to go through training so that they are made aware of it and what to do if something happens to them. And I think probably the most important thing that we've established is too deep leadership always making sure that we've got a, two adult leaders with any activity that we're doing with our scouts. So D Danita, get, you, you were talking to me earlier about this and you guys are stricter than like most other organizations. Yeah. Talk about yeah. that. The regulations are really tight. So, um, you know, compared to any of the other youth programs or sports or school programs or anything like that, um, the, the programs that we have in place are really, really tight. And sometimes as a leader, it's inconvenient because you you can't do an activity unless you have two registered leaders at all times. And if you're going on a camping trip and you have older kids and younger kids and you want to have the older kids go on a hike over here and the younger kids stay back and do other things, you need four leaders right. because you need two leaders to go with that group and two leaders to stay with this group. Um, which is not the way things happen at schools or sports or, or any of those sort of uh, functions. If we're having a, a Cub Scout meeting and the meeting's over and the parents are coming and picking up the kids and there's one kid still waiting for his dad who's running late, we can't leave just one leader with that kid. We've got to have two leaders with that kid until they get picked up. So it's really strict, um, which is important and necessary and has been in place for over 20 years, you know, this really tight uh, security program, which I wish everybody had. So Chris, I'm going to ask you a question in a second, but I have a comment and I'm going to put it up. And so Devin, I'm assuming that you put this on a comment so that you're okay with this, but you said that this happened to you um, and you said it happened before the background check started. So you're probably one of the very people that the organization is trying to find it. And first, Devin, I want to say that, you know, I'm really sorry this happened to you. I also want to say um, I, I, I got a little bit of a goosebump here because you are a very brave person. 
um, to to be able to say that. And and thank you for not blaming. And you're going, you know, this was prior to what they're doing now today, and that's really bold and brave of you. Um, yeah, I hope that you get in touch with Scott and them, and uh, and talk talk to them because uh, you you could be a very valuable resource for for their organization. That's what I love about this venue, is that you know you can find people interesting stories like this, and um, it just complements everything going on. Now, let me ask you, Chris. This has got to be when you when an organization chooses to go bankrupt to take care of people this way, um, it has to have a huge effect because not all the story gets out and you guys depend on donations. You depend on uh, the community. And yeah, talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, certainly it's had, you know, some negative impacts when that's from that standpoint, you know, with regards to new membership and with regards to fundraising. But you know, those probably pale greatly in comparison to the impacts that that abuse that occurred may have happened to the people. So we try to keep that in context. But as an organization that really, you know, its core values at its core is being good, decent people of good character. This really, you know, hits you to the quick, hits you to the core. Um, even though, you know, none of us were ever involved in it, we're still we still feel that pain of our organization being involved in stuff like that. Um, I got my Eagle Scout in 1977. So my scouting experiences in that period of time when a lot of these abuse cases um, were occurring or have come up. And in that time, in that day, we didn't think about things like that. There was never a thought as a boy during those days that things like this happened in the world. And obviously we've learned a lot over that time. And the thing that is really awesome about what scout, scouting has done is decades ago, it responded proactively by getting these youth protection training programs in place and doing the things like the two-up leadership to be proactive in combating that stuff. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, this is really interesting because Devin, I, I don't know if you guys read that. Devin said, it's not their fault, it was the leader. And, and then he says, um, it'll be an honor uh, to talk with you, Scott, I think is what Devin's talking about. And Devin, again, thank you um, for doing that because you can also be super helpful to them as an organization, um, at bringing that out. So Chris, I'm gonna pull you off because I agreed to you that I could pull you off and talk to these guys. So it's it's nothing Chris has done. He just doesn't wanna sit there like a, a person waiting to talk. So we're gonna pull him out for a second and continue our conversation. So let's go to you guys, Tony and Alexandra. Um, you lead these groups. Um, what is it that you see that kids are getting? Um, because I, you know, what we should talk about really. Why don't I ask you guys this? Boy Scouts of America is not just for boys, and it hasn't been for a long time. That's true. Yeah, the the, the Boy Scouts of America program has incorporated uh, women for a long time. Um, the Explorer program had women way back in the day. Uh, it's just been more recently in the news with girls joining the ranks of the Cub Scouts, um, and then also creating the Scouts BSA program with girls joining the quote unquote Boy Scout program, which is now called Scouts BSA. So, um, but you know, it's really important for, for me as a leader and for us as parents to see opportunities where boys can still be boys and girls can do their own thing as well within the Boy Scouts of America program. Um, it creates such a community, I think, um, that we've seen after years and years of both me being a scout and 
uh, family being involved with leadership, um, that it's just such an impact on our own lives and the lives of all these scouts um, that it has really made a huge difference in the lives of these of these scouts. When I walked in the Boy Scouts um, office there, um, I, on all the pillars, there's a different thing, kindness. Mm -hmm. You know, all the different things as you walk up the door. And I thought when I'm walking up there, oh, my God, this is what we need on social yeah. media right now. We should be, yeah. you know, they should, yeah. this is what we need to be promoting. And that's why I think it's really important that we get the word out also that, that, um, and, and, uh, did you, you were telling me that this is the reason girls came in, obviously because they, they, but they were coming with their brothers years ago and just allowed to do stuff in the club because it was like a whole family thing. Right. And so finally I became aware that obviously girls want to do the same kind of things and do some fun stuff like that. So it was like a natural thing that just happened. Well, and it's in other countries that there's girls as part of the program, you know, for decades. It, it just hadn't been the case here, except for in the explorers and the um, venturing crews. But uh, the, the kids have a great time. It's at the younger ages in the Cub Scouts, it's more of a family program. So when you have activities, the whole family comes. Right. And so um, if we're going on hikes or bike riding or, or whatever, we always had everybody there and now it's just official and they can earn it. And then the girls can go on. We're just going to have in February, our first class of Eagle Scout females uh, across the country. So they didn't want it to be a big race. And so all of them are going to get it on the same day. So everybody, everybody that has earned it across the country, there'll be one big ceremony celebration for the first female class of Eagle Scouts. So that's really remarkable. And I, you know, I was, I was like a Cub Scout, but I never got any further than that. And I mean, to be like an Eagle Scout, you have to be practically like a perfect person. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, well, okay, Tony, you're excluded from that. No, but I mean, it's, it's like, it's, and it's not like a lot of leadership. I think you tell somebody, Rick, that you're an Eagle Scout and, and automatically anybody in the community just has higher expectations for you. Right. They know what it means. So Devin is back on here. And I'm going to keep reading these comments because I think this is really good. He says, just want to say thank you to you all for caring and being there for our youth. And he says, um, survival scouts as well. <laughs> um, so um, that, that kind of says a lot about, you know, what's going on. So talk to me also, whoever wants to. Um, so when you're the younger, when they're younger Cub Scouts, then the, the boys and girls are together. But that yeah. a certain age, you split them up. So girl, there's the girls are the, the scout girls and the scout boys. Right. When they're when they're in Cub Scouts, which is kindergarten now through the middle of fifth grade, uh, they can either be a, a, a pack. A Cub Scout pack can be all boys, can be all girls or it can be boys and girls. And they're in separate dens within the pack. So there's still a group of girls and a group of boys but they can all meet together and do the same activities. They do the Pinewood Derby and, and all of those things together. When they, after they get to uh, cross over into Scouts BSA, which is what we used to call Boy Scouts, but we call it Scouts BSA because it can be boys or girls, separate units. So all girls or all boys. So but they, go ahead, Scott. I was just gonna say, but the separate units can 
meet together, do portions of their meeting together. They can also do outings together with the proper leadership for both groups. Okay. So what are the biggest, do you think, misconceptions about the, the Boy Scouts that we could clear up here for people? Hmm. Question all the time saying that the Scouts are co-ed. <laughs> it's just Scouts are co-ed. And my 12 year old going to go on a camp out with boys and girl. Right. And so like Scott said, there's really specific youth protection programs in there for, uh, for leadership of both the girls and the boys, if they're going on co-ed things. Um, but the commitment to the individual gender program is still there. It's still really important that boys are together as a group of boys doing activities. And it's still really important that girls have an opportunity to do girl, um, the same program, but as girls. Um, and so I think there's a misconception that Scouts is co-ed, just straight co-ed, and that's not quite the case. Okay, what else, Scott? You know, I just overall, um, I think the biggest misconception I, I'd like to point out is that um, it, it's not for the faint of heart. I, I mean, it, what I mean by that is, is you got to be tough. <laughs> uh, you know, I, you, you, you look at most um, or a lot of our boys or our Scouts BSA troops, sorry, I almost messed up there. Um, our Scouts BSA troops and at some point in their Scout lifetime, I would venture to say most of our Scouts have gone out and done a 50 mile backpacking trip. Um, you know, the hiking merit badge has requirements and, it's tough, you know, um, and I think a lot of people don't necessarily think it's, it's, you know, tough. Um, right. You know, I, the other thing I would point out is, you know, you're sleeping outdoors um, and, you know, there's, there's things out there that could get to you. And, you know, some people, even my age would probably have a challenge being out there in the middle of nowhere and, uh, um, open up to the elements. So yeah, there's but, a lot of knowledge and a lot of toughness that goes with scouting. I think. Yeah, but Scott, didn't you know Moses? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have another question for you. It's a little sensitive. So, and we didn't, we didn't really go over this, but we had a meeting, we talked about this. There's also a, a misperception about um, transgendered and gay uh, scouts and that kind of thing, because the, the idea has changed. Um, speak to that. I love about the changes that we've made in scouting over the last, you know, seven or eight years is that now anybody, any, any youth participant that wants to be involved in scouting has the opportunity to be involved in scouting. I love that. And you guys have, you have, you have some folks, uh, one of your leaders in the transgender community, you have people like in all facets of life coming through your program. Correct. Yep. So it's not what people used to think when I was in the news business. It was there was a lot of controversy about that. And I just think people need to understand uh, to give it a chance that way, because you're really teaching some of the values um, that that people really want their kids to have uh, their boys and their girls and anybody else, um, whatever that kind of pronoun they they bring up that they call themselves, you know, right. yeah, we don't exclude anybody. And one of the things I think that's really important, too, is that we have, uh, we're fortunate in Oregon Trail Council that we have a lot of really good community support and we don't turn away kids because of financial need. 
if somebody shows up and they need a uniform and they can't afford a uniform, we will get them a uniform. If they can't afford to go to camp, we have scholarships available for camp. We, we've had kids in units where we provide everything for them. You know, if, if somebody comes to us and says they've got a foster kid or some grandparents are taking care of their grandkids and they can't, you know, provide these things for them, that we don't turn kids away. So Devin says it made him a stronger parent as well as a prepper. And I don't know what a Devin. Be prepared. The motto is be, be prepared. prepared. Oh, I was just getting ready to get, to take me off and I was going to pull up the urban dictionary because <laughs> 61-year-old dude, I spend a lot of time. I've had too many times people have said, you're this. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I go look up. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so so a prepper is what is more prepared? I think it's to be prepared. You're supposed to be prepared. That's the motto. Being prepared for anything. Yeah. So what do you love about it, Alexandra? Yeah. So one thing I wanted to mention, I, well, I've had a couple thoughts as this has been has been progressing, but Devin's comment about it making making him a stronger parent. Um, a lot of times when when you invite someone to join scouts or look at scouts, sometimes families don't know what it is um, if they weren't involved in it. And um, one of my favorite stories is when um, one of our one of our dear friends we asked to join and they didn't really know what it was. And um, the mom, uh, you know, they, they went home, they got the booklet, they're looking through everything. And, and she turned to her husband and said, Greg, this is just a manual for how to be a really good dad. This is, this is a manual for how to do something fun with your son. Like, this is amazing. It, right. it you know, parents, parents don't get a manual when you go home with your baby. And, and that certainly doesn't happen when you have a middle schooler, <laughs> but, um, this is an opportunity for um, for parents to really do something meaningful with their children, especially in an environment where this kind of stuff doesn't happen very much anymore. Like parents don't just drop what they're doing to build a derby car with their kid. You know, um, nine times out of ten, you have you have an eight and nine year old who is addicted to a video game or their cell phone, and and that is a huge crisis in our culture right now. And um, I will say that. You know, we're a super busy young family. We're very involved um, in a lot of different things. And quite often what I tell new families when they're thinking about joining is, you know, they say, well, my kids do sports and they do all these other things. And our kids do, too. But honestly, at the end of a calendar year, when I look back at the things that we did as a family that were actually enjoyable, it was a scout event because it was scheduled time. It might have been an obligation at the time. Oh, we got to do this thing. We have to do this camp out. We have to do this hike but it was a family event that was built into our schedule. Well, and the nice thing, cause I mean, I've covered some stuff with you guys just in the last year or two um, where you have camps where kids are going out and learning like I, some things that I would, I remember going out there and Kristen Kyle, a friend of mine went out with her daughter and showed this stuff. And then the girl's like, and she's only like a little girl. And she's like, Oh, I want to go do this. But it was trapping and, you know, like scrapping. And it was like, you know, and she, and she wanted to get in there and, and she did, you know? So yeah. I think it's, it's stuff that too, that a lot of parents probably um, don't know how to teach their kids without some guidance. You know what I mean? I mean, not all of us are 
fishermen or, you know, or, or understand how to, Jason here, a friend of mine from Bend, I still have my derby cars, you know, you hang on to those things because it was a good experience for you. And um, so, yeah, it's like parenting 101 and you get to be part of it. And, uh, and, 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 you know, you're probably just as much as, so actually scouting is for parents. <laughs> it is, it is for parents and kids. And like what Scott said too, is like, it's not for the faint of heart. And I would say that, you know, a lot of times we like to echo the points of the scout oath and law with the kids. So, you know, like we're going to church, you know, a scout is reverent. And I would venture to say that the number one thing I repeat is a scout is brave because it's trying a lot of new things. And sometimes that's really scary. And we're asking kids to just jump into something that they don't know anything about. And they're brave enough to try it. And it's teaching them to be open-minded to new things. And that like, yeah, you might not be good at this right away, but you're gonna keep, you know, you're gonna learn more about it. If it seems interesting to you, you know, go back, try it again. Well, plus, and I know we're just going on, but I love this. But plus, I don't <laughs> think you're always looking for, there's things that you, you like if I'm a parent and I'm have, I have a, I had two sons. So I had actually a friend who was a scout leader and they took, and my kid wanted to go ice camping. I don't really want to go ice camping. So <laughs> he, and I don't know how to ice camp. We probably die, you know? Yeah. So he's the scout leader and he wasn't a scout and he, he remembers that camp and that thing. And now the kid is a hunting guide and a fishing guide. And he goes out in the middle of the, the most remote place in the lower 48 with most grizzly bear deaths ever. And he's out there <laughs> guiding people. And it's like, and he was not a scout officially, but he hung out with these people that taught him how to do stuff like that. Um, Devin says the way you approach our youth is a big thing that has been changed for the better. And then Garrett Kirsch, the owner of Northwest Burgers across the street from me, wants to know, how do I sign up my nine-year-old kid? Uh -oh. <laughs> so maybe we should give people that information too. Is If you have a parent, I'm just going to, this is how this works. Just watch this. So if there's a parent out there from the scouts, would you guys write the information down? What's the phone? The scout office is right over by Austin Stadium. What are your hours for people to come in to find out more? The office is open from nine to six um, and staff from nine to six. And, and actually they could go on, give me a call and I'll get them in touch with the right person. What's, um, the, what's your phone number? Our office number is 541. I never call it myself. <laughs> oh, so I'm thinking you're stalling. It's just because you don't really remember. I think it's 484-4433, but do it again. Uh, um 541-484-4433. No, nope. no, nope. 485. 485, sorry. Okay. Rob 485-4433. Too late. Rob McLean already got it on there for us. Oh, thanks, and that's how my audience is. They're like my secretaries. They get everything oh, Rob done. Got it. Awesome. Oh, Rob, you're awesome. Thank you. So that's the number to call Garrett and anybody else who's interested in finding out more about, uh, about scouts. And the thing we're going to do, I'll let you guys have one parting shot here too. But the other thing we're going to do is for the next six months to a year, we're going to be showing you a bunch of different things each month. Um, John's going to sponsor his show for us. And we're going to be showing you guys different things that the scouts do to kind of give you a really good idea. And it, we might want to change the name to just parenting, being the coolest parent on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> you want to out cool your friends. You know, I mean, my kids right. were 4-H and it was such a great thing for them because they learned things. 
Neither one of them have farm animals, but that's not the point. They learn things about life and taking care of things. And that's really what you're teaching things. Um, hold on. Devin is really into this. Do you guys still do Dakota fire pits? I'm going to say no. <laughs> they do. They do big fires. Our, our scouts go camping once a month. The, the older kids go camping once a month in rain, shine, snow, and they build some of the biggest fires that you have ever seen. Okay, so let me ask you one last question. For COVID, what are you doing in terms of COVID stuff and, and for scouts and how does that work? It's kind of a challenge. They've, they've been doing a lot of things um, virtually, um, but our, our guidelines from the council office is basically, if they can meet and, and meet in person, and still adhere to the state guidelines, then for all, by all means do it. Okay. But that's kind of a discussion they need to have with their parents and maybe even their chartered uh, organization that they're chartered to and see what their thoughts are. We've got but, summer camp scheduled. We've got day camp scheduled for the summer. We're hoping as soon as we can, we're getting back 100% as soon as it's safe. And, okay. and, and one of the safest places to be is outside you know, outdoors right now. So Devin Martin, uh, he says, you guys want to learn how to do a Dakota pit. I'm going to answer for him. Yes. Um, yeah. So Devin, I really want to encourage you because um, I think you will, will, are, you're a wealth of knowledge and, and you're a wonderful person. And I think that you need to connect with Scott and let, let's see what kind of happens with that. Because I think that you could be really helpful to people and um, and you obviously have a heart for this. So I would really like to see you, Devin, use that phone number and get a hold of Scott. And um, maybe we'll even have a show sometime with you in there. I, I, there's something there. And I think we don't want to let that go. Susan says you wouldn't believe the fun things our scouts do on the islands. We love scouting. The kids learn so much. What I like Hawaii. Hawaii is what she said earlier. What? Maui, I think. Come, you know, Susan, for a small stipend, I would. <laughs> to Hawaii and do a story on your scouts and everything. And I want to thank you ahead of time for paying for that. And oh, my wife's coming too, just so you know. I don't want to stay more than two weeks. Just two weeks is all we need. I don't need more time than that. <laughs> I won't give up a scout never. A scout never gives up. Devin, and you know what, Devin, you showed us tonight too, that a scout is always brave and that a scout is kind. Um, and courageous and bold and and you don't blame you name and then you move and you just showed the epitome of what a scout is by the way you handled yourself tonight and what you just showed this whole entire audience and I super appreciate that um, and I'd like to meet you uh, for coffee sometime to just hang out and talk and find out what the hell you're all about um, Maui. I know, Susan, I, I'll make the reservations this week. Okay, we'll get that all straightened out. <laughs> I do have 10. <laughs> I don't need 10. Well, wait. Sounds like they're all going. They're all going. <laughs> don't tell Chris. <laughs> he got off early. He doesn't get to go to Hawaii with us. <laughs> all right. So, um, you guys, thank you. And, John, we want to thank John. Uh, Anderson, who's a super big uh, supporter of Scouts, um, and also the Coburg Road Truck Stop. And if you haven't gone out there, and ha I know I'm giving them a little commercial, but what the hell? Um, if you guys haven't had their big burger, have you guys ever done their burger? 
No, they have this burger out there. And I don't think, I think wild rabbits, maybe not on it, but everything else is. And it's like, he made it for me. And I said, no, I can't take that home. I can't eat that. That's just absolutely huge. So they have a restaurant there. And then they also own Togo's on West 11th. And Togo's is awesome. Oh my God. I love their wraps. I'll make everything into a wrap. So that's John's little commercial. So you guys figure out what we're doing next month. And um, and we'll see you then. And thank you. That wasn't that fun? Did you guys have fun with that? It was. Well, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. We, we appreciate you, Rick. Hey, I thank you. I love doing this. I like doing my job. This is what I get to do and have some fun with it. So thank you, Tony and Alexander, for leading kids and taking your, you know, your part in the community. And uh, thank you guys too for doing what you do. We had our scout meetings at my grade school. Are the schools still involved? Not during COVID, but we will be back as soon as yeah. it's safe. <laughs> So the schools will be back when they're there. We'll, we'll be so, back in the schools when it's when it's safe. We just can't right now. Okay. Can I'm gonna meet outside? I'm gonna pull uh pull you guys out and I'm gonna say one little parting thing and then we'll be done. Thank you. Have a good night, you guys. You. So you guys, um, so one of the things we try to do here is now that you've heard the facts and the information, share this on your page because there's other people that might be missing out and looking for something that they could do and they've just heard the headlines on the news and they don't really know the real story about what's behind that. And so with that information, you can get them involved. So if you just share this on the page, on your page, and then if you know someone who has kids that might be interested, just share, and you have permission, of course, share it on their page so they can see it. Um, and we'll have this pushed out on our podcast now and also on Instagram as well. So um, there, we had a day of inauguration, we had a day of firsts and we had a day of straightening out some information for you. For me, that's a really good day. Nothing better for a news guy than getting out the truth uh, because the truth will set you free. And I think a lot of families could really benefit from this. All right. Have a great night. Um, tomorrow, um, tomorrow night on uh, at five o'clock, um, one of our sponsors is Chris Dental uh, Family Dentistry. And Michael, the dentist, is just a crazy dude. I love this man. But he wants to sponsor every month a business um, just to give them a, a, you know, small businesses are having a hard time. So we're going to get to go to the pet store. We're going to the All-American Pet Store. And they're going to get some. I told them to get the weirdest dog they could find when they're going to groom it. So I hope it, that they'll probably find something that has hair like mine so they can make fun of me. Like, can you see like a French poodle with that big hairdo? But my tail, I do not have a puff on my tail. <laughs> I don't do puffs on my tail, despite what some people say. Have a good night, and we'll see you tomorrow at 5 for the All-American Pet Show, sponsored by Chris Dental. Again, thank you, John. Love you.